Hello, this is A Good Day, an anthology podcast from Ulverscroft Limited, inspired by Captain Tom's Tomorrow Will Be a Good Day. Today, we will be getting lost and found, courtesy of Ali Sherrick. Ali is an award-winning children's author, with her latest book, The Queen's Fool, set to be published as an audiobook by Oak Hill Children's in 2021. Narrated by me, Annabelle Inge, we hope Ali's good day helps you build a brighter tomorrow. My dad looked up from his ordnance survey map of Exmoor and pointed with his trusty hiking stick to a gate with a stile on the other side of the field. That's it, follow me. He strode off towards it, leading the way, while my mum, my younger sister and I fell in quickly behind. Our expedition to Pinkworthy Pond had begun. Pinkworthy Pond, Pinkery as it's known locally, isn't actually a pond at all, but an artificial lake created when local landowners, the Knights, decided to dam the headwaters of the River Baal back in the 1830s for reasons which are still unclear to this day. Located in a remote corner of the beautiful Exmoor National Park on the Devon-Somerset borders, the pond is surrounded by a landscape of treacherous blanket bogs and moorland known as the Chains. But for us, that October half-term day, back in the mid-1970s, its wildness was all part of the adventure. Besides, we were in safe hands. My dad was a Cub Scout leader. Be prepared, the famous motto all good scouts live by, meant that, as usual on these sorts of outings, we had all the right equipment for our trek across the moors. The aforementioned map? Check. Compass? Check. Walking boots and waterproofs? Check. Water bottles, ham sandwiches and salt and vinegar crisps? Check, check and check again. When we set out from the lay-by where we'd parked our car, a VW variant nicknamed Daffodil because of her bright yellow paintwork, it was a fine autumn day, cold and cloudy but dry. It was great fun at the start. My sister and I raced each other to be the first to climb over the stile and set off along the narrow track that led across the tussocky brown and yellow grass of the open moor, with nothing but a scattering of sheep and the cry of a distant buzzard for company. My dad called for us to stop every now and then so he could check the map, but as soon as he was sure of the way, we were off again weaving around mounds of shiny brown sheep's droppings and squelching through puddles of peaty black mud. We'd been walking about an hour when we got our first sight of the pond, but, after all the anticipation and effort of getting there, it was a bit underwhelming. A small, featureless lake with no sign of life, except for the small waves made by the wind as it blew across its steel-grey surface. Trying to make up for our disappointment, my mum dug into the rucksack and pulled out the ham sandwiches and crisps, a welcome feast. But as we readied ourselves for the trudge back across the moor, my dad was studying the map again. Tell you what, why don't we go on a bit and look for the source of the River X? It looks like it's only another couple of miles on from here and there's still plenty of daylight left. We glanced up at the darkening sky. The weather didn't look too promising, but my dad had that familiar boyish look of adventure in his eyes. Come on, he said, it'll be fun. 
In spite of his enthusiasm, my mum didn't seem too convinced. But in the end, she relented. And so, off we set, following a narrow trail that led away from the pond. We squelched across the boggy ground, steering our way round water-filled ruts and doing our best to keep to the path. As we approached a murky-looking pool, I caught sight of something white poking out from a clump of cotton grass beside it. I crept as close as I dared and towed back the grass with my boot. A set of yellow teeth, topped by a pair of empty black eye sockets, grinned back at me. A sheep's skull. And there, a short distance away, half submerged in the pool's dark waters, was the animal's ribcage. Strands of dirty grey wool hanging like witch's hair from its weather-bleached bones. A clear warning of what could happen if you strayed from the path. I shuddered and hurried to catch up with the others. But now, a thick mist had begun to descend around us, blotting out first the sky, then the moor, and finally the trail itself. I think we should go back, my mum called to my dad her voice tight with the growing sense of panic she was doing her best to hide. You're right, love. It's a bit of a pea super. Best call it a day. My dad checked his compass and pointed behind us in the vague direction of where we'd come. This way. But he didn't sound nearly as certain as he had when we first set out. As we turned round and set off again, the mist grew thicker still. We plodded on, our waterproofs getting wetter and wetter and our cheeks and noses dripping with condensed mist. By now it was pretty clear we had lost our way, and our sense of adventure shrank with every boggy step we took. To make matters worse, the memory of the sheep's skull had fixed itself in my head, and, try as I might, I couldn't make it go away. A sudden snorting sound to our right made us all jump. I turned to see a dark shape looming out of the mist. I cried out, convinced it was some sort of bog monster come to drag us down into the mire. A second shape appeared alongside it, and then a third. Stay close, my mum commanded, pulling my sister and I towards her. Meanwhile, my dad shouted and waved his stick, trying to frighten the terrible threesome away. But they kept on coming. Then, as we prepared to beat a hasty retreat, a ghostly whinny echoed through the air. Ponies, they're just ponies. My dad dropped his stick to his side and gave a relieved-sounding laugh. As if on cue, the shapes transformed into three shaggy brown Exmoor ponies, ears flicking, noses twitching. They stared at us curiously as we edged past them in single file. Then their leader gave another loud snort, and the three of them turned and disappeared back into the mist, their long black tails flicking from side to side. It was shortly after that we spotted the light. With my dad taking the lead, we hurried towards the warm yellow glow, desperate for it to be real and not a figment of our spooked imaginations. As we drew closer, the mist began to clear a little and we realised it was coming from the downstairs window of a white-walled farmhouse. Heaving a sigh of relief, we hastened across the field towards it and banged on the red back door. After a short pause there was the sound of approaching footsteps and the door swung open to reveal a short, grey-haired lady in a blue apron. Her eyebrows arched in surprise at the sight of us, then furrowed into a frown. 
but as my dad gave a hurried explanation of what had happened to us, her expression changed from one of suspicion to worried-looking concern, and she ushered us inside. A few moments later, we were sitting round the large oak table in her brightly lit kitchen, our hair and clothes steaming gently in the delicious warmth belching out from the cream-coloured arga and gratefully sipping from generous mugs of hot sweet tea she had poured us from a large enamel teapot. Once we'd had the chance to warm up a little and the farmer's wife had shown us where we were on the map, we put our waterproofs back on, thanked her for her kindness and headed back outside. The mist had almost completely lifted now and our hearts did too as, reaching the end of the farm drive, we turned onto the road and spotted the familiar sight of Daffodil shining like a beacon from the lay-by just a short walk away. Though we succeeded in getting to Pinkworthy Pond, we never made it to the source of the River X, but that didn't matter. It had been a good day in so many other, more important ways. Many years later, on a return trip to Devon, my parents spotted a watercolour for sale in a small gallery in one of the towns they visited. Painted in the browns and yellows of an autumn day, it showed a path snaking across a windswept field to a gate with a stile set into the wall beside it. The title penned in black ink beneath read The Path to Pinkworthy Pond. Of course, they had to buy it. Sadly, my mum passed away several years ago, and though his spirit is still willing, my dad's own expeditionary days are done. But whenever I visit him and look at that painting hanging above his dining room table, it reminds me of our wild moorland adventure, a day of peril and danger, but also of fun, family and kindness, and, happily for us, the very best of endings. Today's Good Day was provided by Ali Sherrick, and narrated by Annabel Inge. You can listen to Ali's upcoming audiobook through our free library app, Library, or purchase them at www.thereadinghouse.co.uk or via Audible. This podcast was recorded by Isis Studios Oxford. From everyone at Alverscroft, we hope you have a good day.